everybody. Good to have you in the house of the Lord. Amen. And I want you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to get to the last part of this series here in a moment. But before we do, this is the weekend before the kids go back to school. Hallelujah. Woo, how many happy parents in the house? Praise Jesus. You made it. Another two months with your children up to here with you. Yeah, no, it's awesome. They get to be shared in the responsibility now with teachers. and that's So how many teachers do we have here today? Raise your hand, teachers. All right. Look at that. All those educators. God bless you. Amen. I want to take a moment before we get started. I want to pray for our educators, but I also want to pray for our students together as they are going into school. And, um, and then also today, when you leave, if you have a child that is progressing and promoting up to another class, so for instance, they are in nursery going to toddlers or uh, preschool, whatever, going into um, 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 kids' um, church, you know, um, little kids. If that's the case, please, today when you leave, take a little extra time there in their rooms. The teachers are prepared to receive you, to show you around those rooms, to just allow you to feel real comfortable about that promotion, that change in your child's life. And they'll be excited, too, the kids will. So take time to do that today. Let's just join our hearts in prayer. Can we do that? Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we have educators here, Lord. And we ask that you would strengthen them and, and just be there for them, Lord. We know that they have a salary, and God, that they don't have a typical nine to five. <coughs> Excuse me, Lord, we know that often they're up late and, and they're early, and, and we ask for strength. We ask for wisdom for them in the school system and just how they deal with faculty and how they deal with administration. And, Lord God, how they have to deal with the children and just give them discretion and wisdom and, and strength, I pray. Father, for each of these children, they're going into school, whatever grade it might be, whether they're homeschool, whether they're in private school, whether they're in public school. God, I ask that you would just be with them, touch them. Allow this year to be a year of academic excellence. Allow this to be a year of relationships that challenge them. Allow it to be a year where their lives shine brightly, the, the message in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the environments they're in, God, we ask. And so we just lift our students up to you, our children, and we ask for your hand upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Are you over to Ephesians chapter 6? It's been a good series. Amen. It's been partly good just because we had three great speakers the first three weeks of it. Hallelujah. I love that. That's awesome. In the last three weeks, it's been so much fun just breaking down Ephesians with you. Now, in chapter 6, it's a little bit different. We've been talking about grace all this time, the grace effect. And we've seen how God's grace unifies us and how God's grace is there for us to, to allow us to, to, to rise up in him into a new creature, a new identity. We've seen all this about grace, and it's kind of strange. It's always been that way for me. When I read Ephesians and I get to the last part of the book, there's this battle imagery that takes place. Have you ever noticed that? It's like, oh, sweet, nice, love. And then we get to this battle imagery, the last chapter of the book. And to be honest, as I was looking at this, and when you're doing a series like this, you've got to let the scripture drive the content, not the other way around. So as I went to Ephesians 6 and started reading it, not that I didn't want to speak about husbands loving your wives. Husbands, listen to me, love your wives. Okay, period, done. See how easy that was? Wives, respect your husbands. That's part, now we're done, see? But when I looked at it, I thought, God, I want to hone in on this last part, this idea of this battle imagery, this idea of this warfare. And, and I never seen until I started studying it, the connection regarding the grace of God and being battle ready, all right? The grace of God and being battle ready. ready. And so definitely, we're going to look at spiritual warfare today. 
in a little different light. And so what I want us to do, we didn't do this last week because we had so much to cover last week. How many enjoyed last week? Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Today we're going to stand at our feet to honor God's word like we often do. And I want to go to verse 10, and let's read from verse 10 down to verse 20. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the belt of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Often through this Ephesians, we've seen Paul refer to himself as one that is a bondservant to Christ, or an ambassador in chains, one that's bound to the things of God. Let's pray. Father, right now, God, like Paul, I ask that, that today I could declare boldly your word. God, like Paul, I ask that today I would be a bondservant of you, an ambassador in chains for your glory, and that the word that you would desire for us to speak, that word of victory, that word of freedom, that word of life, that word of grace, that, Lord, you would pour that out into our hearts so fully that we would leave here with an anticipation that we are ready for the battle in Jesus' name. Give God praise. Amen? Amen. Go ahead and have your seat. God is good. So when it comes down to this, how many of you, you've been through a spiritual battle before? Raise your hand. All right, look at this. Look at everybody, okay? And I don't know what that battle might have been for you. Now, for some of you, it may have been alcoholism. And you were fighting that addiction, and God got you through alcoholism. For others, it may have been materialism. And you were fighting the needs and the lusts and the desires for all the things of this world. And God got you through materialism. For some of you in the room, it was wanting to choke out your boss-isms. You know, and the Lord dealt with your heart and allowed peace to rise up in the midst of the storm at work. And, 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 and you, you didn't become a serial killer. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, that's awesome. But I don't care who you are, if you're a Christian or not in this room. To be honest, being a part of the world, being a part of this life means that you have been in a fight before. You know, maybe not the things I just discussed, but you've either been in a fight, you're in a fight right now, or you will face a fight. Period. Right? Some of you are looking at me going, Pastor, I was fighting with the wife on the way in here. <laughs> You've read my mail, you know. It's just part of life. Battle, uh, resistance, um, um, frustration, agitation, struggle, strife. It's a part of life. And even for the believer, it's a part of our lives as well. And so the thing I want to talk about this morning, when it comes to spiritual battle, sometimes I think there's two ways that we look at spiritual battle in light of of, of of thoughts that really aren't quite accurate, and it messes us up, okay? It gets us to a point where we, we don't experience the life that God desires for us. And the first way is this, okay? I thought when I got saved, it would get easier. You know, 
I thought somehow when I came to the things of Christ, at that moment, I get to be superhuman and it's easier. But how many, be honest with yourselves, when you came to faith in Christ, it got worse. A lot of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, that's not a great sales spiel if I'm trying to get you to buy something. But I'm not trying to get you to buy Jesus. He bought you. Amen? Uh, but, but, but if I was trying to get you to buy something, that would be a horrible sale. Hey, come to this. It will make it horrible. It doesn't make it horrible. But there's times. Where, but you know why? I'll tell you why. Because now you've got a target on your back. You were making a kingdom difference before. Why would the enemy of your soul come against you in anything when you weren't trying to make a difference? Now your life is changing. And because your life is changing, the trajectory of your family's life is changing. The destiny of your children's lives are changing. You know, I, I think of, I'm just, I, I, you know how I do. I just see stuff and it makes me think. Kim McGinnis, I think of you and young Hunter beside you. Kim, single mom, went through so many things, so much battle, calling on the name of Jesus, and she still went through it. But yet she stands today worshiping right here on this stage, and Hunter, her son, man, is hungry and passionate to go into the ministry, campus ministry, to declare the gospel message to people at UGA. Come on. Is that awesome? But don't you know, she put her faith in Jesus as a young mom. And as she did that, man, it got worse at times. It got hard at times. We live in a world that wants to come against the things of God. It's just part of our, the natural entropy of this world that we live in. But man, we don't have to be governed by the things of this world. We don't have to be ruled and controlled and, 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 and succumb to the direction of this world. I think Kim's just a great example of that. And so that's one thought. When I get saved, it'll just get easier. But, but sometimes it doesn't. The other thought when it comes to spiritual warfare is this. The things in my life I battle with, I don't need to be too concerned with because God's grace covers it. So yeah, I have these struggles and these sins and these issues and these shortcomings and these failures. And every one of us in this room has those, right? Right? But often, not only do we have those, a lot of times we have excuses too. And one of those excuses, I think, flies in the face of a good, good father. I think one of those excuses is absolutely wrong for us to have. And it's the idea that it doesn't matter, God's grace covers it. Right? So that's another extreme when it comes to the thoughts on this battle that we're in. But let me tell you this. You ready for this? We'll put this point on the screen. Ready? Grace doesn't mean you don't have to fight. Because grace is in your life. That doesn't mean this whole book of grace, all of Ephesians, talking about the grace effect, all of Ephesians, now it comes up to the end. And the last thing Paul wants you to know is you're in a fight. The last thing Paul wants you to know is there's some things you're going to have to deal with. There's some things you're going to have to put on and be equipped with because you have a battle before you. Grace doesn't mean you don't have to fight. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, it says, put on the whole armor of God. If, you don't, if you're not in a fight, you don't need armor. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Listen, if you don't believe it, there is a battle for your heart. There is a battle for your family. There's a battle for your future. There's a battle for your faith. Young people, listen to me. There's a battle for your purity. 
I, I like to say young people, listen to me, there's a battle for your purity. Can I say middle-aged single people, listen to me. There's a battle for your purity. The enemy doesn't matter how, mind how he brings you down. He's just trying to bring you down and get you off the best that God has for you. And I want to declare here this morning, God has best things for you. He's got good things. He's got awesome things for you. But there's a battle against us. And right here we see in Scripture, it says, put on the whole armor of God. In other words, you're about to face some stuff. Say to say somebody, say, you're about to face some stuff. I don't know what that might be, but you're about to face some stuff. Why? Because you're a Christ follower, period. There's a target on your back. There's a battle for those things in our life. And, but the thing is, you were called to this battle. And this scripture, when it says, put on the whole armor of God, the presupposition of this verse is declaring, be ready. That's what it's presupposing. Be ready. And so here, listen, this is the next part. Grace doesn't mean you don't have to fight. You ready for this? I love this. Grace means you don't have to fight alone. Look around. You've got a, a church full of folk that want to fight with you, you know. You've got all the angels of heaven because of Jesus at your disposal. You have Father God himself. Man, it's awesome. You don't have to fight alone. In Ephesians 6.10 it says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Don't you love those little words? Come on, in and in and his. It changes everything, doesn't it? And that's the thing I want you to know. If, you, if you're saying, but Pastor Russ, I struggle. I get that. Don't excuse the struggle, all right, because you are in his strength and you are in his might and you have his power. So don't excuse the tr struggle. I'm praying that today God will give you just kind of a, a new, fresh identity in him, that you'll start to realize who you are in Jesus Christ when it comes to this idea of battle in your life. And here that strength is in the Lord. You know what got you to that place? Grace, but you didn't deserve it. But grace got you in the Lord. Grace got you in a place of strength. Grace calls you his own, and because of that, his might is your might. And so the next point is this. Grace doesn't excuse you from the battle. It resources you for the fight. I love this. This is this. Is, this Every time I've ever heard this preached, and maybe I should have taken a lot more time, but I preached you all to death last week. Don't say amen. That was a long, long sermon, I know. All right? And so this is a shorter sermon today. But I've seen this preached before where we break down each one of these things and we talk about the, the, the belt uh, of righteousness and, and we talk about the helmet of salvation. I'm not really going to go there today. Is that okay? Everybody say short sermon. That's a miracle. I know everybody's got school tomorrow. I know it's been a crazy week of preparations. I have planned for this to be short. Shout now. But listen, it says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand firm. And then it tells us all these things that we're resourced with. Grace doesn't excuse us from the battle. It's grace that resources us for the battle. It's God's goodness that brings all these things to bear upon us, that belt of truth, that breastplate of righteousness, those feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, that good news of Jesus Christ, 
that in all circumstances we can have that shield of faith that can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one. And we can take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. One thought I believe people often have is this. Not, not so much they say this, okay, but I think they, they kind of live this out. Is this, when it comes to sin in my life, God's grace covers it. And that's true. It does, doesn't it? The things that we fight, the things we battle against, our own tendencies and our own human nature, we can make excuse for it or we can express or embrace the resources of God for it. Okay? And a lot of times I don't think we say it, but we just live that way. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter how I live. God is covering it. But the word tells us, shall we continue in sin that grace abound? It says certainly not. There's a, a thing about the believer that wants to rise up in all that God has for him. And I've said this before, you know, if you're a Christ follower, I don't expect your life to change overnight. But if you've been a believer for 20 years, it ought to look different than it did 20 years ago. Amen? I can remember somebody once saying this, and I, and I kind of cracked up about it. Because it was like, well, I wasn't raised in the church. So I don't really know all those scriptures and stuff. You've been saved 15 years by now, you should. I get that. I get that. Two years, three years, five years, six years. 15 years, it's time to know the word of God. It's time to grow in the things of God. Not that you'll ever be perfected. And what's wild is this. The things you struggled with years ago, you know, those things you may not struggle with now. And you'll have new struggles for today. You know, the stuff of the enemy is new every day, but his mercies are new every morning as well. Amen? So, yeah, you'll go through some stuff. I get that. I'm not saying that we'll ever get to that place of perfection until Jesus calls us home, you know. And in that day, oh, my goodness, man, incorruption will put, or corruption will put on incorruption, and mortality will put on immortality. And, man, we will be like him. It's awesome. But that day's not here yet. And so since that day's not here yet, you're in the battle. You're in the midst of it. I'm not talking about trying, though, to live up to some certain level of perfection to please God. That's not what I'm saying. He's, his pleasure is there for you, not because of what you did, but because of what Jesus did. That's what grace is. I'm not talking about trying to live up to a level to where now you have the, the affection and the love and the acceptance. No, you are accepted in the beloved, the Bible says. You're accepted in him. That's grace. But I am saying that we are to cast down every thought or high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. And the Bible tells us that we're to bring all those thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Being ready to punish all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. What does that sound like? Things that rise up, you cast down and you punish. That sounds like warfare to me. That sounds like a battle to me, right? Right, Scott? That sounds like, that sounds like a battle to me is what that sounds like. You know? It sounds like warfare. And so that list of equipment for battle, the Bible said we have this. Put on the whole armor of God, that belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, feet covered by the gospel of peace, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. We have everything that we need, the Bible says, for righteousness and godliness in Jesus. So when you look at those things, you may think to yourself, why well, better, better not lie. Better fight to not lie. I gotta, I gotta be sure that I'm not lying so I can have that truth. I, I better make better choices so that I'm righteous. I get that. All right? I get that. I better have faith. I, I need to, to, to keep my mind protected because I'm safe. I, I get all that. All right? 
right? But these aren't things that you have to do to be right by God. That's not what it's saying. These are things you have access to and you get to take advantage of to win the battle. Okay? I, I, I like to hike. I love camping. I just do. It's, it's so much fun. And part of enjoying that kind of stuff is, um, is the outfitting. I, I love stuff. I love neat little knots that you can tie and slide down a, a string, and then, you, and then you go this way, and it's hard. And, you know, and, and I, I love stuff like that. I love little gadgets you buy that make the job lighter and easier to hike, and, 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 and it's just so much fun, okay? How many of you enjoy the journey sometimes more than just the destination? I just enjoy that stuff. I love that stuff. And so the thing is, we went to REI a couple weeks ago, and looking around REI, <coughs> there was so much that they could out, excuse me, outfit you with <clears throat> for your hike, for your journey. And I wanted it all. Now, I know there's so much. You could get so much, you wouldn't be able to carry it all. It would make a miserable hike. But this is so light. Yes, but you have 100 of those, you know. But it was still, it was so neat. That place is designed to outfit you. When I was reading this scripture in light of the idea of grace, that's what my mind started thinking. It's not saying, try to be better so you can be righteous. Try not to lie so you have truth. Try, try to, no, no, no. You are righteous. Remind yourself and put it on. Your Savior is truth and you're in Him. Rest in Him, you know. I love that. Salvation, man, nothing will pull you and separate you from the love of God. You have salvation. Man, hallelujah. Just hold on to that, you know. Embrace it. Thank God that you've been outfitted. So when I think of it this way, I think that it doesn't excuse, grace doesn't excuse me from the battle. It resources me for the fight. And there's that battle scenario. And everything you need you have to be successful, you've been equipped with. I watched a, a, a YouTube video not too long ago of some ISIS soldiers. And they were not equipped very well. And they took off into the desert to fight some people. And as they took off into the desert, it did not go well for them. They, 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 didn't have, they just weren't resourced well. They weren't set up well. And they ended up getting horribly defeated. Well, you know what? We, as Christ followers, are resourced well. And this list is the resources. But it doesn't help if the gear is left in the ground there. You've got to pick it up. So it says put on the whole armor of who? Of God. It's, it's, his, it's his armor. It's his, his stuff. And so we are resource for the battle. God's grace is the ultimate supply sergeant, giving us and outfitting us with everything we need to gain victory in our lives. It's his grace. It's not you trying to ascend to, I will be better, I will do this, I'm going to. No, no, it's resting in the fact that all I have to do is put on his truth. All I have to do is put on his righteousness. So grace is not something forced on another. It's something received, right? It's not forced it's a gift. It's a gift of grace. And God in this scripture is showing us at the end of Ephesians, I'm gifting you with all the resources you need to be battle ready. You just got to put it on. And so I'm going to say it this way. You just got to care. That's all. Wake up in the morning caring about righteousness. Wake up in the morning caring about your salvation. Wake up in the morning caring about the word of God. Wake up in the morning with your mind thinking about the gospel that will lead your feet to take the message of Christ to other people. Wake up in the morning concerned and caring about those things. Not, not burden, not, oh, I better, no, no. God, I rest in you because I'm in you. 
Now, God, I'm going to walk in your righteousness. I'm going to walk in your salvation. I'm going to walk in your truth. I'm going to walk with your sword, your word. Amen? I'm going to walk with faith. But I think a lot of times when it comes to our Christ, our Christian walk, we experience Sunday, and by about Tuesday or so, man, it's just not in our mind any longer. And then we wonder why we get defeated. It's just not in our mind any longer. Amen? So grace isn't something forced on us. It's something that we receive. Why? Because it is His truth. And you get to walk in it. It's His righteousness. And you get to walk in it. He's the Prince of Peace. It's His gospel. It's His good, his good news. And you get to experience it. It's His faith that you get to hide behind that shield. It's His helmet of salvation. Where your mind thinks as he would have you to think, it's his. It's his sword of the spirit. And so grace resources you for the fight. It never excuses you from the battle. Can I tell you what tries to keep you off the battlefield? Now one, I said already, the far extreme is this, that I just, I'm covered. It doesn't matter. I don't need to battle. I don't, I'm just who I am. Can't change. Just God accepts me how I am. Man, you were a soldier. If some guy said that, I'm not much of a fighter. Yeah, but you're a Marine, and the enemy's there, and it's time, okay? Uh, you can't say right now you're not much of a fighter. No, no, you have the title Marine. You are a fighter. Now fight. You can't be a Christian and go, ah, it doesn't really matter. No, you're Christ-like. And Jesus beat the mess out of the devil. Jesus whooped the enemy on the cross making a literal public open shame of him, you know. That's who you represent. And so you're in the fight. You can't help but be in the fight. So on one side, I think that we can take ourselves out of the fight by having that mindset. The other side, here's what happens. It's called condemnation. And the enemy says, even right now as pastor's preaching this, that condemnation's coming on you. Yeah, I'll never live up to it, Ross. You're right. Why even try? No, 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 no. That condemnation's of the devil. It's not an accident that in Romans, that whole book of Romans deals with things like where it says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And Paul says, certainly not. And then just a little bit later, he says, therefore, there is no condemnation to those who walk after Christ Jesus, to those who walk according to the Spirit, you know? In other words, those that wake up in the morning, mind ready. Wake up in the morning, heart ready. That's all that scripture is saying. It's just put on your mind, put on your heart, put on your feet. Get the things of God to the forefront because you're equipped with everything you need to win the battle. You're equipped with everything you need to be victorious. But that condemnation is the primary tool the enemy uses to keep us out of the battle. Check this, grace frees us up to battle. So don't allow grace to excuse you from the battle, and don't allow the enemy. If the enemy can't push, pull you out with sin, he'll push you out with guilt. It doesn't matter. He just doesn't want you in the battle ring. That's all. And so don't, no, no, no. I got grace in my life. The grace doesn't excuse me. It equips me for this battle. The grace tells me that I'm all, I need to be in him, period. I have all that I need to win the battle. So enemy of my heart, you can stand out there because I'm already victorious. Amen? So when it comes down to it, you can declare, I'm already equipped with the breastplate of righteousness. I'm already equipped with the belt of truth. 
and I'm battle ready. I'm already equipped with my feet that are covered by the gospel of peace, and I'm battle ready. I'm already equipped with the shield of faith, and I am battle ready. I'm already equipped with the helmet of salvation, and I am battle ready. The sword of the Lord, the word of God is in my hand and in my mouth, and I am battle ready. And it's not because of you, it's because you're in him and in his power, and you're moving in his might and strength. Amen? Amen? And because of that, you will be victorious. Right now, if you're in this room, and you're dealing with a battle currently, would you please raise your hand? Whatever that might be. It could be issues of sin. It could be issues of just faith and doubt. It could be issues of finances. Whatever it might be, you're facing a battle right now. Just hold up your hand and keep it up for a moment. While it's up, can you look to the left and right of you? If there's somebody beside you with their hand up, just put your hand on their shoulder. Just somebody reach over, grab somebody. Let's pray. Jesus, right now, thank you for the simple reminder that in you we have everything we need for the battle. That in you, God, we are victorious, God. And Father, we just allow ourselves each day to wake up mindful as we put on the understanding that we are in you and that grace has equipped us for every fight. And Lord, these needs, in the name of Jesus, this week, allow them to begin to see your hand bringing victory in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.